Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Now, Brooke, you know that we are an audio medium, correct? I do, yes. And you now know that people listen to us on a podcast app, right? Yes. But do you think that if we were alive in 1962 and doing this podcast that we would work at now or no? Because you know now that our listeners are such avid fans. But if they were readers of now or no, then they would know now that by listening to us, they would learn so much more about the world and would be so cultured. Yes. I think, yes. I don't know. I was, how long did I, could I <laughs> get that in amazing. there? That was amazing. That was very impressive. That was so stressful reading. It's so much easier when you write things out and you're like, hmm. You need, to take, you need to take some acting classes. No, I did <laughs> when I was, you know, a child. And I immediately was like, what if I'm never in front of a camera again? And that Wait, feels better. I do know that you had your crown jewel mm-hmm. as the scarecrow in The Wizard no. of Oz. Oh, sorry. The Cowardly, <gasps> Lion. The cowardly Lion. My Brooke. bad, my bad, my yes, bad, my yes. bad. But I should have been the Tin Man. Uh, what I should have been. We have talked about before yes. about how we both had like our crown theater jewel mm-hmm. in high school. I played <gasps> Joe in Little Women. Iconic. Jordan played the Cowardly Lion in The That's Wizard ex- of Oz. Can I share mine? Please. Yes, please. Okay, okay. Oh, I have, I have to share two. I'm sorry. I played. Oh, no. I know. I'm sorry. I played Don't Elaine in Arsenic and Old Lace. Iconic. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my favorite, my ultimate favorite was when I played the main witch in Macbeth. Because <gasps> I got to be insane for that one. I had like blood capsules in my mouth. I was spitting blood everywhere. It was kind of intense for a high school production. I was going to say, uh, that's, some, that's some high quality theater funding. That's great. We yeah. had like two sticks. Two dollars and, and one brush with a dream. <laughs> one light. Yeah. <laughs> you walked off that bus in New York City and you were hoping <laughs> for more. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, we are not talking about high school theater I mean, today. We could do an episode on that. On just I mean, high I'm just like a high school theater. I feel like there's a lot of queerness we could break down within that in general. Oh, I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, (laughs) obviously, but it feels it feels correct to Mm. introduce you to, you know, some very personal anecdotes about ourselves because this movie Mm. is a white whale for us. It is. You now know that this was a white whale for us. You do now know that. And we wouldn't want the readers of Know Now to know that now. Absolutely now. (laughs) Would we? Um, Jesus. I'm Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson. Let's see if I can We love talking about cinema. We love talking about being queer. We love talking about queer cinema. And here we are talking Mm. about it today Mm. on mic. Today, it's Mm. a very special day. We are covering the 2003 masterpiece, Down With Love. And we are joined by Mia Vicino, West Coast editor for Letterboxd and host of Weekend Watchlist, an expert and... I feel like this is honestly the coolest credential ever. Mm. Down with Love holds a coveted four favorite mm. spot in your letterbox profile. That's huge. Yes, it's true. I am one of the, I think there are like 350 or something people on Letterbox who have this in their in their top four, and I am honored to be one of them. I actually did want to put this out there on the top of this. I was considering doing the swap before this episode, after mm-hmm. this rewatch. Mm-hmm. It might be an end of the episode thing, but the thing is... I feel like we should discuss because you are so letterboxed. Holding the four is so... Because, like, I've never changed the four. Oh, you haven't? Uh, maybe, like, <gasps> once. But 
there are people who like change it so regularly so i feel like when you do change the ford at least in my mind it's like a mo monumental moment yeah you know versus just like a rapid fire are you a keeper do you change what do you do to me the top four on letterboxd are my four favorite movies of all time mm -hmm. some people like do it to highlight different things for different months or like these are my monthly favorites or oh this is like favorites in female directed right movies or something like that but to me it's like my four favorites mm. of all time mia how about you Ooh, i only switch out very very rarely like yeah uh even rarer than like once a year i think that i've i've had when i first started it like heather's was in there i have a poster behind me yes. that's a classic um I constantly think about switching out Mikey and Nikki with opening night, 1977. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's like truly every day of my life I think about it. But <laughs> was, um, uh, When Parker Posey was like opening nights, one of my all-time faves, were you like, I'm going to do the swap just so it's there for me too? <laughs> yes. No, that was like the least normal I had ever been on a red carpet. After she said that, that was her favorite movie. I like immediately was like, like my eyes widened so big and I went, Parker. <laughs> that, is, that is my favorite too i want to get a jenna Rollins tattoo like i and then i and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm interrupting you continue continue um so i, I got very flustered it was yeah it was the least cool i've been on a red carpet she she got me starstruck badly oh That's no amazing. i love it for those who are not familiar with me it was recently at the premiere for Bo is afraid and had the opportunity to interview Parker Posey while wearing a super yaki Parker Posey shirt. It just feels like true. there's a specific circle of the internet and we're hitting every we're single element right of it yeah. right now. Um, but I agree on the letterbox straight rates. And Jordan, I was going to say, I was mm. actually shocked that Down With Love is not, I is know. not yet in there. But so I feel... I'm looking at it right now. Join me as one of the fans. You can be like our 352nd. The thing is, I think probably burn after leaving reading leaves that for, that right? is what yeah. i was so right say. now i have something wild <gasps> but you have a poster i do oh, you of wow. it yeah yes we have well there's lots of posters in the apartment not to spoil um shit i <laughs> no I, do. I was gonna say burn after reading is the only one that can go because what's what's your current four lineup it's something wild burn after reading Ooh. little shop of horrors and Two mama tambien and like Ooh. three of those i feel like i would get tattooed on my body so it, the other one's probably gonna leave yeah and also i think like with the inclusion of diamond love that's just like a very cool mm, that's true you know what you're, for, the, you're making the big push already you know, wow mine are a little more mainstream but i feel very yours are very about you. them. it's yeah. just it's a very brook lineup it's black swan mad max fury road bound mm. and thelma and louise hot <gasps> thelma that's, and louise that was cool. that was in my top four for for a while actually yeah. That's one of my all-time favorites. I also think about putting that one back in there sometimes. So I yes. feel you. <laughs> that that to me is like a perfect movie on yeah. every single level. Like I can. Yes. Th th that feels like those four are never changing. No. Yeah. Could, unless you went through like a monumental life altering thing. Yeah. I don't think that could change for you. Yeah. Because the thing mm. is that like Black Swan, I always say is like my favorite movie of all time. But that's probably the one that I would like. Whoa! Knock off, not because just Whoa. because if we're looking at like this is so Darren so, Aronofsky's crying so letterbox niche. <laughs> but if we're looking at the four favorites of letterbox as like an encapsulation sure. of like what it is, I can see kind of similar to you, where mm. it's like the other three have to stay as elements of my personality. Right. But then again, so does Black Swan. It's just 
I can't believe I have if a Darren you, Aronofsky Because you're not a tattoo person. Uh, but no, but... If you were to get a tattoo of any of those four, which would you get a tattoo of? See, I feel like it's Fury Road. I was just going to... I could see you with like some sort of Furiosa or like the Mad little, Max little skull thing on you. I was going to say the That would be hardcore wheel. as fuck. All right. Wait, well, now <laughs> since we're already here, Mia, bring us home. What are your current top four letterbox favorites? I know you did this literally on the letterbox show, but... I did, I did, but here, here we go for anybody who has not heard um, or has not visited my profile. It is um, Mikey and Nikki, as I said. Um, oh my God, what was? Na- oh, of course, Down with Love. <laughs> Ever heard of it? The, the <laughs> titular then, movie. The titular role. Um, yeah, Down with Love, and then the stoner comedy Smiley Face uh, by one. Greg Araki. So funny, great L.A. woman stoner mm-hmm. comedy. Um, and then my last one is kill bill volume one just because like that is the film yes that is the one that got me into films when i was like Mm. around 16 um so i i feel like i can never switch it out because it did so much for me and opened up my world specifically the lucy Liu character uh she's so she's amazing i want to get her katana tattooed somewhere um, like with like the cherry blossom hilt. Oh, mm. she's she's the coolest person in the whole world to me. So that's absolutely my top four. yes. <laughs> I'm a big, big, so big say, Kill Bill you're girly. Huge Kill Billy. Huge. I am the rare person who prefers Volume Two over Volume One, but it's because Ooh. I'm a hoe for westerns. Probably also yes. why Mad Max and yeah. uh, Thelma Louise are in my <laughs> top four. I love a good subversive western. You love the color orange. I do. What can I say? <laughs> Um, anyway, that's that, but we, I think that like, it really does make sense Mm. that we talked about that when we're speaking about Down With Love, because Down With Love is a movie for cinephiles. Maybe why it bombed Mm -hmm. at the box office. (laughs) Not, although the thing is that I think that this movie is enjoyable no matter who you are. It's not a difficult comedy to fall in love with. It's a perfect movie. Like I've showed my parents this movie. I showed Mm -hmm. my sister this movie. It's a friend movie to show. You know, like you could show anybody of any age this movie and they will have a time. Even a kid would be like, oh my God, I love the colors. You know, like it's a little sexy maybe to show your 10 year old cousin, but (laughs) it works though. You know, I don't think they would pick up on all of the jokes. Yeah. Some of them maybe. Some of them maybe. Now, question for you, Jordan. Uh Uh-oh. Am I the one who introduced you to this movie? Yes, you are. Yes, Yes, I thought I was. I think this has never happened. No. Ever. Because Brooke, so for context, Mia, Brooke has never seen a movie um, or at least the ones that she's seen. It's just because of the podcast. So now that you're caught up to speed, it's shocking that she introduced us to like, did you just hear about it? And you were like, Jordan, you should see this. You're going to lose your mind. But also it makes sense because this movie, for whatever yeah. reason, does not well, no have the cultural impact that it should. So how you, did you find out you, about it? Are you ready? I'm, I'm buckled so, in. I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, this is my story about how I got to know the social network. I, I I did not grow up in a movie watching household. So a lot of these movies, if they're not like top 100 best movies of all time, I have to discover very organically. I'm a cinephile who's always behind, always catching up. Okay. Um, but my dad traveled a lot for work when I was a kid so if in he watched which means she half watched a lot of movies in hotel rooms and sometimes he would come home and say oh i watched this great movie that i think we all should watch together one of those was the social network and another one was down with love i don't know let's go what like turner classic movies or something was like playing this and my dad saw it on some random business trip and came home and was like there's this really funny 
movie that I think we should all watch for family movie night. And we immediately fell in love with it because you have to. I remember like truly falling off the couch at the twist at the end of this. Oh my God, so good. Um, And then... I think at some point, Jordan was like, what is this movie that you just logged Mm. on Letterboxd? I have never heard of it. And I was like, Jordan, 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 (laughs) this is your brain in cinematic. It is. It's crazy. (laughs) It is like if you sliced it open. Mm -hmm. But Um, yes, I've also showed it to everyone in my life. Both shot by Jeff Cronenworth, Social Network, and this movie. So your dad, maybe your dad's just a a hoe for Jeff Cronenworth. Maybe TNT was programming some Jeff Cronenworth. (laughs) (laughs) A Jeff Cronenworth hour. Well, I have, I have, a little bit of of insight i have a fun fact about the movie because maybe it very it very well may have played on tcm because it was a hit with the elderly community Mm, um are we familiar (laughs) yes we're familiar with the aarp ARP movie awards yes oh my god the best awards of the season movies for grown-ups movies for grown-ups exactly so um they were one of the very few awards bodies brave enough to award this film um with Best time capsule. Yay! Um, yay! So, so yes, it's very sweet. So it seems like it just really captured that time period in a way that you know, if you had lived through that time period of like you know late fifties, early sixties, um, it would feel really special to see it recreated like that, especially with all those colors. So I I love that the elderly community enjoys it as well. That's so sweet. It makes sense because I really, it's it's such, I think that uh, we were reading in a Sarah Paulson interview um, about how uh, Peyton Reed was very, very firm about this being like not a satire of 60s movies, but like a modern version yeah. of a 60s screwball sex comedy. Like we're not parodying them, we're giving like them their flowers mm-hmm. uh, and it works i think because of, like i feel like if it was a straight satire it wouldn't be as ten, like there's a, a enduring as it is rather yeah to it that i think is so necessary totally um how did you find out about this movie mia Ooh, so in college i was in a very 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 severe ewan mcgregor phase Oof, um been there. it was yeah it was bad for me i was really watching like i was i was like i'm going to complete his filmography and i just yes it is a challenge he has a lot um and i just i stumbled across this film on letterboxd while scrolling through his filmography as i often would do and still do um and yeah i just i ordered it on dvd netflix um i had dvd netflix for much longer much longer than most people did um and then, yeah, I just, like, I watched it with my college roommate, and I was just sitting there, like, with my mouth open the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, where has this been my entire life? Like, this, this, it's genius. It's the best movie I've ever seen in my life, basically. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I found out about it. It's incredible. Wow. I, I, it's, they make it kind of hard to find this movie. Yes. Yeah. Organically. And to watch it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think it is rentable. It's rentable, but like, it's not street. It's like never streaming anywhere. And it's just this kind of weird forgotten movie in the filmography of someone who is in the cultural consciousness a lot, mm-hmm. even if it's not his name, but certainly his work starring two pretty major movie stars at the height of their powers at the height coming off chicago and moulin rouge like this is like That's their the next sexiest thing in the world yeah. big mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and it's obviously other than all of that like it 
is truly a movie that has aged so well mm -hmm. that feels so timeless but is so rewatchable like this is this is my valentine's day movie i Great watched one. this last year on valentine's day i'm just um, when you were saying like I, i'm putting together the pieces of why this works for us because like you're such a chicago fan yeah. and i'm such a moulin rouge stan yeah and like our brains are just like mind melding right now into this movie and i'm also i'm a big ewan mcgregor girly like yeah I formative love, crushes i love that man this is a this is an important question as three yes. you and uh what would if you love Fan. someone like admire them stands. crushes we're whatever stands. i guess we're stands we yeah stand. what's his hottest he's been because this is definitely up there i feel like this, this is in the middle of the run where it's like peak ewan i think it's moulin rouge because i'm such a sucker oh, for the like oh i'm a tortured him. artist yes, oh yes. i'm in love with this woman who will die uh mia, what about your, you guys yeah. mia what's your pick I mean, this one is really, really, really up there, but I'm also going to throw out kind of an obscure one. Mm -hmm. um, the Pillow Book, directed by Peter Greenaway. Have you heard about this? I have never heard of this movie. Oh, this is a very erotic film about a... So it's a woman who has a fetish for writing calligraphy on her lover's bodies. And Hot. Ewan, Ewan plays a bisexual. Oh, I don't Hot. His, yes, yes. I don't remember his job, but he's bisexual. She meets him like in a cafe, and there are multiple scenes of her writing on him. He shows Hog, like as, yeah. as he is wont to do. <laughs> as he's wont to do, he'll do it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It. He's brave enough to do it. Not many else can say that. But yeah, he's by and showing hog. Like, what what more do you need? Add it to your watch list. I'm, we sorry, just found I just a, pull up a great, a photo of very of large photo. My man's <laughs> buck naked with calligraphy, with calligraphy all, all over his him. body. And that is maybe the hottest photo I've ever seen. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, of course. You really of just, course. this has changed lives. That's a great one. <laughs> I I also have kind of like two. Yes. Um, One I would say is down with love because mm. like I love an all-American boy. It's so your type. <laughs> you know it's what so I mean? so your type. <laughs> but he's like an all-American boy who would like do me right. Oh, yeah. You know? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my perfect combo. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. sweet on the streets, not so sweet <laughs> in, <laughs> in the, the sheets. sheets. Um, my other one, which is a lot more unhinged, is that I have a very weird crush on Ewan McGregor and Birds of Prey. There's <laughs> Me just... too. Don't worry, you're not alone. You get it. <laughs> there's something, the there's something yeah. about a in love with your second in command repressed gay mm. villain who's a little unhinged really just hot. does it for me and he's mm -hmm. like touching people's faces all mm. the time in that movie i just that's that's the particular that's good brand of unhinged that i like i thought um, you were gonna roll out with like the phantom menace i was be like yes respect well i'm surprised you didn't roll no out. that was that was it was natalie in that and then ewan in like mm. episode three i'm like well, yeah yes, episode Papa. three yes with the fear revenge of, of the on. sith is, exactly is my save ewan he brushes his hair aside he's like you were my brother and i'm like <laughs> Oh, oh yes. you were his brother. Yes, he's like weeping in the magma. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. yes. It's so good. Yeah. While we're on the Ewan train, a movie that we would love to cover, but I don't think that we can because it wasn't, it was barely released at all is I Love You, Philip Morris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I've seen like, that one. Neither of us have ever seen, nope. but we really want to. Yeah. And if, weirdly, it just like for a movie with two very big Huge. movie stars didn't get a release really no. at all. No. I don't know what happened with that one. Maybe we'll investigate That's on a true. very special episode one day. Mm. During the Stuart McGregor phase, I am referring to, that was another one I ordered on DVD Netflix when I was 
ill with you in fever. <laughs> yes. It's okay. You can and I still never have recovered. It. Right, yeah, I yeah. never recovered. It's a lifelong thing. What's so funny is that like I'm I'm looking at his filmography. Mia, this is a lot of movies. Like you mm-hmm. that's very that's a lot impressive. of work. We respect that. <laughs> no, well I haven't finished yet. As I said, it's like a it's a big project. It's but a I've life seen journey. I really have yeah. Yeah. I really have seen a, a silly amount. <laughs> and it's like you have to track them down, like the pillow book. Right. It's true. Have you finished any one actor specifically's filmography total? Yes, I have done. I've been able to do one. I have seen all 28 Robert Pattinson feature films. Respect. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Thank you. Bless. Thank you. That one's a little easier because, you know, he's still he's he's younger. So he That's doesn't true. have as robust of a filmography. But um, he still he still has made a lot. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that, impressive. Jordan yeah. has completed two. Uh, yeah, I've done two. Well, no, technically only one. I'm still one film away from Tom. So oh. I'm, I'm one away from Tom Cruise. And then I finished Whoa. Channing. I basically shotgunned Channing Tatum within like two months. <laughs> uh, so I did like 43 Channing Tatum movies within oh two months, God. which was a lot. Um, that's a lot. But look, uh, the man is talented. He works. Mm-hmm. Um, he's back. I have to support him. I think that was probably my... Did you w- Did you enjoy Magic Mike's Last Dance? Yeah. No, I think we liked it. We covered it. We both liked it. I think it's hard when you come off XXL, which is kind of like I know. a masterpiece, you know? Yes. So. yes. I wish uh, that oh, I it is. had liked Last Dance more, is yeah. all I'll say. Me too. Like I, I, I wanted yeah. to be obsessed with it, and I couldn't really get there. Yeah. Um, but, you know... I'm in the I exact am. same boat. Exact yeah. same boat. Yeah. It's a it, sad boat to it be It happens, yeah. but that's okay. We Channing, Channing <laughs> is evergreen. That's true. Um, You know yes. what movie I am deeply obsessed with, though? Tell me. Down with Love wow. 2000. Oh, my yeah! God. How cool could have seen that coming? Uh, should we talk about Renee just because, like, she, I feel like, is the other yes. huge hand in this? Because I don't know mm-hmm. what y'all's relationship is. We covered her before with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've done any other Renee's, though, right? We, I mean, she does not do a lot of queer-coded films. She does not, no. I would not say the Bridget <laughs> no. Jones trilogy Bridget Jones is, is very straight. It is very yeah. straight. I love, I love Bridget Jones's Diary. That's one of, my, one of my favorites, but... Oh, I'm trying to think. Is Let's that the see. First she has a gay best friend. One? She has a gay best friend. She at does. Least. <laughs> also, That's she the one thing. Something that I don't know if people know. She and Ewan McGregor reunite in Miss Potter, a film about Beatrix Potter. Um, have you never seen? Have you never seen this film? <laughs> no. no, I'm picturing. I can picture the cover exactly yes. though. Like I have, I have scrolled past it on his filmography many times, and I just never. <laughs> I have watched this film so many times. Why? Because I loved Beatrix Potter when I was like a toddler. Um, and that was like all that I read before I switched to like chapter books was um, all Beatrix Potter all the time. Oh, it's this one. It's this. It's a sort of it's not a very good movie. I'm just going to say like in retrospect, I feel like if I watched it as an adult, I'd be like, what is happening here? Because um, it's a little bit about her slightly going insane under writing Wait, that sounds, children's books that sounds good though that's actually very compelling there's like there's weird sort of like oh everyone is ill in the english countryside but the most important thing is that renee zelliger and ewan mcgregor are in it together and they're very very hot, that's hot. um and you get to see all the cute little animals like from all Beatrix the potter books all the peter rabbits yeah hopping about i had a giant like i'm talking like thick ass bible 
level Beatrix Potter like treasury wow. when I was a kid and the, you there are a million pictures of me just with that giant book open on my lap reading how did Beatrix I not Potter. know this about you I'm a Beatrix Potter kid this through and through and that is why I didn't see Peter Rabbit because that movie is blasphemous <gasps> Peter Rabbit's also a terrorist <laughs> yeah oh my god he <laughs> in those is. movies I, he is yes I have seen the first one me too it was like I saw yeah. that in the cinema and, and that was because that was movie past summer um oh was movie the, past summer best summer ever it was the best summer ever so it was a part of that journey uh so i did not know that they even reunited nor yeah. were in more than one movie together it's kind of an anonymous movie i mean clearly like <laughs> it's fine but um i think it's i think it's worth a watch and they're very cute in it together but it's so funny because i feel like what's unique about renee zelliger is that she was kind of like one of the last standing movie stars that didn't switch over to tv mm. not that there's anything wrong with that but like i feel like for a while there was this camp of like well yeah. who who can we get to break into tv like who's gonna collect like it's kind of like the marvel thing who's gonna collect like the next crown jewel like who you know who's gonna get michael douglas in right. the marvel cinematic universe mm. spoiler alert peyton reed but like who's who's gonna get harrison ford to That's TV. Crazy. Yeah. Who's going to get? And it was Renee Zellweger for a really long time. The first TV that she ever, I think, like did where she was like, this is a Renee mm. Zellweger joint was What If, which was that weird sort of erotic thriller. Still forget it. On Netflix. Nope. Super anonymous. I know. Yeah. Well, because she, I feel like it was like when Catherine Zeta Jones did Cocaine Godmother, <laughs> was like when yeah. the people were like, oh shit, one of the Chicago Two broke and did TV. Yeah. That is the, the Pam thing too, oh, which is crazy. The thing that's, about Pam. That's her major post Judy Oscar win play. Yeah. That's Judy was the last film that she was in. It's the last film that she like. She doesn't appear to have anything on the horizon. Interesting. She has such a wild career because I feel like she was like in everything for such a long time. And then like those, you know, that 90s to early 2000s run and just has kind of faded into doing her own thing, maybe, you know, which is like I good miss for her. her. I miss yeah, her. good for her. But I do miss her. What is your so I guess like you know my favorite Renee performance. Is it, can I guess? Can yeah. Well, I, other, are we removing Chicago from this equation? Yes. because Is, is it Chicago. Cold Mountain? Yeah, hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's probably my other favorite Renee performance. Is it actually? So, oh, I saw the movie the first time like a year ago, two years ago. Another She's so movie good in it. that I introduced short into. It's true. Thank you. Wow. Okay, is- I'll finally watch it. It's that's one that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. I've just never been like in the mood to watch it because it's like long and. But then uh-huh. the cast, the cast is incredible. They've the got like Jude amazing. Law and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Nicole Kidman, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, like, Jude Law hot. Two things Jude about Law that hot. movie. Yeah, <laughs> two things about that movie. It is it is a old fashioned romance. It is yeah. like sweeping. Oh. It it's like it. Obviously, nothing is ever as good as Titanic, but like mm-hmm. it's clearly mm-hmm. in the Titanic zone of like yeah. these people are so epic and destined to be together, and it's Nicole and Jude, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Jude oh, is that's so a hot, hot couple. It's a hot couple. They're movie. both tall. Uh, they're both so tall. I, I mean, it's a lot about the Confederacy, <laughs> but. <laughs> other than that um, Look, it was 2003 it's a pretty excellent yeah. thriller and it's not just a period drama it is kind of like a crime thriller mm-hmm. it, there's there's Ooh. some there's some fucked up shit yeah. in that movie <laughs> it gets dark real quick it's really dark yeah. it's about kind of like how lawless the americas became during the civil war because there was like no law enforcement so people were just like out here doing crazy shit and renee zelliger plays like a backwoods <laughs> 
girl hillbilly. who like comes to uh-huh. rescue Southern Belle and Nicole Kidman while she has to like defend the farm. But the fact they don't end <laughs> up together is crazy. Together. <laughs> like that's the pitch is basically like it should be it Renee should. falling in love with yeah, Nicole. Yeah, it should turn into Brokeback Mountain. Right. And it oh, doesn't. Oh, oh that would be so good with both Brokeback yeah. Cold Mountain. Yeah. Mm. <gasps> <laughs> mm, soft bitch look in the era of ip this feels like a slam dunk <laughs> anyways down with love we've, um, we've met uh how do we want to tackle this movie because i feel like well, there are so many angles to i think come you at did it. good by tackling you the and, and then tackling renee as yes. we said this was crazy that this was like at the height of their powers they're combining for a good old-fashioned rom-com even david hyde pierce was in his powers because this is like right off fraser mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's finished scrambled eggs and tossed salads and he's moving from <laughs> seattle to new york yes he is yeah. and sarah paulson was kind of like the indie darling mm. in this movie which is so funny because now you watch it and you're like huh, sarah paulson is she the mvp of sure. a movie maybe maybe oh my I, I love whenever like, she's like who, smoking in the elevator. That's like when she is under the bed and the smoke starts coming out from the <laughs> yeah. bed. Is like everything with her in a cigarette is so good. And the way that she says, like, I know that you're so hopelessly in love with Catcher Block. Uh, but that, So like, you're a closeted homosexual. Right. That doesn't mean we can't, can't be together. together. Like, like, that's so good. Like that's the, the movie. The line of the, the line of the film. Um, so it doesn't, I think... I don't know, Mia, maybe you have additional insight, but I still don't really know why this movie flopped so hard. Other than... I blame, I blame homophobia. That's um, true. A little bit, That's yeah. True. I think we can always blame Basically that. always. Uh, yeah, I am also baffled by the fact that it wasn't immediately critically acclaimed when it came out, but I think that people just really... Some people are really allergic to camp and fun. Yeah. Um, you know, especially 2003, that was a weird time in america culturally and mm-hmm. politically and every every lee uh so i think that that had something to do with it um also not fully understanding the context of it yeah. being um you know an homage to the rock hudson doris day films of the 60s but i really i really do mostly think it was homophobia towards camp <laughs> I I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. I was watching the sort of classic trailer mm. for this this morning because I was like, how did they market this movie? And they marketed the movie exactly how the movie is, which mm. is like a very old timey romance, um, which, again, makes sense for the content. But I do think that that turned people off. Were What's, there any like sex jokes in the trailer? No, that's the thing. And there's actually ah. not really a lot of jokes in the trailer it's oh. kind of like you and mcgregor is like a playboy and a man's man man about, about town. town yes yeah. and renee zellweger is like this you know feminist author which is obviously the setup of the movie it makes sense but i don't think the the trailer or at least the one i saw captures how funny this movie mm. is because i don't know i feel like they should have just play it a scene totally. <laughs> and have that just been the play whole the split trailer. screen call where they're the like screen doing call, the f- yeah the pillow like talk either call. the like first yeah. call mm-hmm. where the lightning strikes and they keep calling or the second one where he's doing push-ups and she's on the phone underneath mm-hmm. yes. etc mm-hmm. like that just sells the tone so perfectly but then again people would probably be like oh that's campy i don't like that Ugh. yeah Yuck. i don't know it's only cool when austin powers does it right like right. you know <laughs> so sad i do yeah. think that like 
I don't know. It's just, it is a bit of a hard sell, maybe, if you're trying to do, oh, it's a period piece, but it's also the sort of arch comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you getting people into the theater? It makes a total sense that it was, one, a hit with the elderly community, and also that it had a big home video mm. life, because it feels like the type of movie you discover instead of the type of movie that you go see. Sure. Um, yeah, I have the DVD. I, they have not given it a Blu-ray release yet. No, um, which crazy. is absurd. It's absurd and obscene, but mm-hmm. I do have the DVD and it's pink. Um, it is my uh, only that's pink. Cool. Yeah, it has the pink box. It is beautiful. It sticks out on my shelf. It's one of my prized possessions. That's a good one. Uh, Criterion collection. Literally when. Criterion yeah. when, for real. Yeah. That's 100%. all I have to say. No, this feels like mm-hmm. one that would be deserving of it. It's like it has enough like mm-hmm. online fandom. I don't know. It's interesting. I was not super familiar, honestly, like with the genre of like the Hudson Doris Day stuff before this. Like I feel like I knew more about Rock Hudson as like a dramatic actor and more about like his tortured like personal life than before like mm-hmm. actually like seeing any of these movies so it was like sort of fascinating watching this pr- like without context of that and then coming back and then when you rewatch it and you actually start to pick up like what are the tropes that this movie's sort of digging into and sort of like the no sex sex comedy but i don't know but like how were you super familiar at all with hudson day vehicles or anything like that no i i was not super familiar but um i watched this while i was in uh, film school cinema studies and I was I was studying more uh, film theory and film history than production oh, that rules um, yeah that was that was what I was interested in and um, I was in a class that was about star theory so like the theory mm. of how people become stars and we had a uh, Rock Hudson Doris Day um, what's the we had just uh, okay we had a Rock Hudson Doris Day week where we watched their films. Mm. And then, so that's when I started learning about it. And I mm. was like, oh, this is like Down With Love. So Down With Love was always my framework for that type of film. And then I discovered, yeah, like Pillow Talk, Lover Come Back, um, all of those ones. So I think, I mean, I think that's another really great thing about this film is that it encourages people to seek out film history and maybe familiarize themselves with these films that they were not familiar with. I think that's totally. neat. That's yes. what films all about. Yes. It's 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 what we said before. It's not just a parody or a satire. It's yeah. paying respect to these kinds of films while also feeling like this incredibly modern update of what the no sex sex comedies were all about, which right. is it's sort of fascinating on the topic of sexuality mm. and gender mm. and this film being super campy. Mm. Um is that basically all of those like Doris Day, Rock Hudson era comedies are about like the battle of the sexes. Right. Men who want to be or women who who want to be independent men who want to fuck really bad um <laughs> and distilling that yeah. and seeing how you can find love in the middle of that which is actually i think a sort of very evergreen uh topic totally which is like how do you find love and sex and independence mm-hmm. all at the same time and yeah. how do you sort of like keep these aspects of your personality to yourself while also falling in love yeah um it's very like when harry met sally too like i think the parallel like the lines you can draw between about gender and sexuality mm -hmm. you know can kind of or not Mm -hmm. sexuality but like sex can kind of be like a nice triangle i think like re-watching this movie and i'm not sure about you like we can kind of dig into this whenever but like the clear gender themes i mean obviously it's like what so much of this movie was about but like for my pov was really about like breaking down like the way in which this movie's kind of like at least 
from a this pov it was like a breakdown of like gender and more pushing for like the they them non-binary agenda where it's like at least in my brain i'm like oh this is like the bifurcation that i often feel or see so this movie is just like here's like hyper masculinity here's hyper femininity and when you like bring the two of them together it's like a beautiful coexistence but like neither can work while the other also exists at the same time yeah and that's sort of also like with sexuality too where i'm like you have the hypersexual, like hypersexual male, hypersexual female. But when you like, what if you could fuck both? And everyone would be so much happier that way too. And this movie is like an argument for like, porque no los dos. Porque like, no why not los both? dos. <laughs> I, actually, I really love actually the idea of it being like a distillation of hyperfemininity and hypermasculinity and how you can't actually, how it's, that's not necessarily the box that you need to fit yourself into. Right. I mean, one of the hottest images is uh, Ewan McGregor walking into Renee Zellweger's office at the mm. end of this movie and yes. begging oh God, for a 96% pay cut. <laughs> oh my God, it's so hot. And he takes the chocolate and he bites into the chocolate and looks at her. And then <laughs> when she takes the chocolate and fucking smacks it yeah. so hard on the table. <laughs> Yes, but this is like, I think that that is a, a perfect example of like, he has to quote unquote adopt yeah. femininity to mm-hmm. win her over mm-hmm. and she has to adopt masculinity yeah. to win him mm-hmm. over. But it's also this idea that like what he has, what the the character of Catcher Block has been trying to like get the whole movie, this idea that like, I really just want this woman because mm. I love her and that she's like, I really just want this man to have sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's this, it's this reversal of like women want love, men want sex, right. men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Like it, it really turns all of those things on its head and mm-hmm. still ends in this very, like, you know, they fly off into the sunset on a helicopter. Um, but they fly off together as equals. Right. Exactly. Like the gender yes. imbalance yes. isn't maintained. has been corrected. Right. And then mm-hmm. their their beautiful uh little musical ditty that they sing <gasps> over the end credits. Oh that they both <laughs> they, they that forced scene. that to happen because they were both like, We're musical stars. Peyton yeah. Lee, let us have a musical scene. Exactly. Rules. Like I love I love, love, love that they insisted on it. They were like, We yeah, we just did Chicago and Moulin Rouge. What are you talking about? We have to sing. Right. Like, we have to use our powers. We have to combine our powers for good. Yeah. It's Captain Planet. And we're so grateful they did so. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, quick question. Did you guys see the new Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro one? Yes. Um, which, yeah. Okay. Which two Pinocchios? <laughs> I know. Well, like a billion came out. I know. Well, you win things in the end credits because um, yeah, he's the little he cricket. Does. And I immediately thought of Down With Love. Like that was my Oof. first thought. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if he insisted on singing because it seems that he does that sometimes. That's so um, cute. He, he should did sing not, in Dr. Sleep. But... Oh, that's, yes. I was going to oh say that's, God, big, yeah. <laughs> that's big Hugh Jackman energy. Oh, huge. <laughs> How can I, can I sing strong in arm a song yes. into this film? Um, and Ewan has a lovely voice. He's like such a good voice. Um, yes. yes. And there's like, you know, even before Moulin Rouge, like Velvet Goldmine, mm. a great <gasps> movie. Oh my God, yes. A that's another one. very hot movie. <laughs> very hot. That was another early, that mm, that really unlocked Ewan for me when I watched Velvet mm-hmm. Goldmine. Yeah, when he's introduced and he's like in the leather pants and covering himself in oil and glitter, and then he shows Hog again. As yes, he's want to, to do as you said. He's <laughs> an shows ally. Hog for is that. gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'm is sure that he didn't so show much. it in this Makes movie, out with Christian honestly. Bale. Um, I know. He gets close enough and when he's stripping down and he's talking and then there's mm-hmm. the scene where the secretary's also listening in. And it's just I like, love... it's 32 inches and I have two of them. And we will... We yeah. will we will go back to that because I feel like we need to do a breakdown of some of the most iconic like comedy sequences yeah. of this. But it's also like a very gay scene too. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yes. <laughs> um. While we're talking about kind of like this whole um sort of breakdown of like what gender mm. and sexuality mean, um, I did take this from Wikipedia, but it's a wonderful quote. It's a sourced. Uh, um, the San Francisco Chronicle published a article by critic Mick LaSalle, uh, and I just think that he distills what's so great about this movie really perfectly. He says, Down with Love uh, is a very smart, very shrewd movie, and the smartest, shrewdest thing about it is the way it masquerades as just a fluffy comedy, a diversion, a trifle, hardly a trifle. Down with Love distills 40 years of sexual politics and into 100 minutes using the romantic comedy conventions of an earlier time to comment on the governing social assumptions of yesterday and today as well. Mm -hmm. The brilliance of Down With Love is that it slyly reminds us that our modern perspective, like every quote-unquote modern perspective that preceded it, is doomed to obsolescence and is at some final stage of enlightened social thought. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Brilliant. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I think it, it, I mean, it's just so, so, so much smarter than one may think just from looking at the cover, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, people tend to discount things that are like pink and about girls. Like, yes, exactly. You know, I think that that's another reason why maybe it wasn't so criti- critically acclaimed when it first came out it's because so it is a, it's a feminist film. Like it is a yeah. feminist yeah. film. Um, and people are, are scared of that. They were scared of it then. They're scared of it now. Um, even though feminism is one of the coolest things in the world, but whatever, they're missing out. Um, yeah, just yes, yeah. No, go definitely. off, Mia. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I agree. I I think that it really shows that men and women, whether it's can men and women ever be friends, whether it's the battle of the sexes, whether it's men are from Mars, women are for Venus, whether it's down with love, you don't need men for love, you only need them for sex, you can replace love in your life with chocolate bars. Um, a great thesis, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, there's never going to be an end to this discussion mm. because mm-hmm. the world revolves around heterosexuality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. love. And so you about it revolves around the boxes. And so what you have to do is essentially like make your own box mm-hmm. and like connect with someone on a very equal level. And if that means scamming and cross scamming and cross cross scamming them. Hell yes. And that just means you're meant to be together. So be it. Is there anything hotter? The answer is no. Yeah. That's also with like Sarah Paulson and David Hyperius's character is like, they're also finding their own, like, wow, you and obviously and Renee are like having their scam off. Like the two of them also are able to like find mutual ground together. It's like, she has the like, I want a man who can like respect me in the bedroom and also like for my brains. And he's like, I'll respect and disrespect you. But like in the <laughs> end, like the two of them are able to like find what works for their relationship and if it's just being a mutual beard as a queer couple in the 1960s that like works for them that's the thing is to me like obviously this is not the intent of the film and it's kind of like this wonderful byproduct of of casting (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just sort of like camp uh that I fully believe that Sarah Paulson and David Hyde Pierce's characters in this are in a lavender marriage. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But very important to note, at the time of release, neither of those actors who were both openly gay were out. 
So oh, I didn't realize they weren't out. Neither mm-hmm. of them were. Wow. So it's this kind of like hilarious thing where they're both cast as a version of the gay best friend. Like Sarah Paulson yeah. is a 60s career woman. Mm-hmm. She's not interested in men full stop. Like she doesn't have any of the sort of like romance that uh, Barbara Novak right. has. Mm-hmm. Renee's, mm-hmm. Renee's character. Like she's like you said, she wants she wants a man who will respect her in both areas Um, or she wants someone who will respect her in both areas. And what she finally (laughs) like comes to learn from the David Hyde Pierce character is that I don't actually care if you're gay. I just kind of like that you respect me. Like that's what I'm looking for in a relationship (laughs) here. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, like we said, everything, I mean, David Hyde Pierce's character culminates in Sarah Paulson accuse, not accusing him, but basically being like, listen, if you're a closeted homosexual in love with catcher block, like that's honestly fine. Like, I don't mind. And he is so sort of like subservient mm-hmm. to Catcher Block yes. in this very he really like, is. queer way. A hundred percent. It's excellent. We talked about the uh sock measuring sock. potentially garters, dick yeah. measuring mm-hmm. scene. Um and everything like when he when he's cooking in the kitchen yes. and it's supposed to be <laughs> He's like forking a burnt sausage. Yeah, it's so great. Um and I love that it's just this kind of like beautiful, happy accident that we put to like queer actors who were yeah. not openly queer at the time, but now are together in this like very campy lavender marriage esque totally. movie. And it works. It definitely does. And it has yeah. this weird, like kind of come back to Rock Hudson too, with like exactly. Rock Hudson obviously <laughs> being, you know, he never officially came out, right? I don't want to. No, he. Yeah, I don't all... think he did. People didn't right. know until but, he died. Right. Yeah. But, so it's like. But then you know, it's like he came out that back from those, and I think that yes. is the thing with like mm-hmm. with sex comedies, there is always an underlying sort of like element to it because it's so obviously like hyper heterosexual that like when you push a hyper heterosexual, they you know story and theme and genre forward, you're going to end up with like queer themes obviously permeating throughout it. Sometimes, not all the time. But but that's the distillation of what camp is. And like that is what we talk about a lot on the show is that like camp is pushing a specific social Mm -hmm. like preconceived notion to its limit and revealing something totally new in the process. That's like the central thesis of drag and like Mm -hmm. performance and stuff like that. And yeah, sometimes you get things like 300 where you're like, this is so mask that somehow it like (laughs) loops around back around. (laughs) And sometimes you get something like down with love where it's clearly intentional and making fun of how ridiculous these types of sort of heterosexual standards are and that's what that's the thing is that it's like that's what the doris day and rock hudson sex no sex sex comedies were doing as well like it's still a takedown yeah it's still like screwball for a reason Mm -hmm. it's so good because it also sets up like the stereotypes so cleanly especially in the beginning where you're getting like all the men like tb tj tr rj (laughs) around it and they bring barbara novak in you know for the meeting and sarah paulson gets up but then everyone's asking her like to get a coffee and like Mm -hmm. to make the new pot like oh if you're making a pot i'll have a pot and like all that sort of small stuff and then the the montage i love for all the women where it sets out like all these women with like these classic like oh i'm a work at home mom and then it just like subverts it through the montage mm-hmm. like uh, across the world everyone buying the book yeah exactly yes. like in russia they cut open the bread pull out the book and the yes. book is in yeah. there <laughs> and i love how this book is a bestseller like people love down with love 
and yeah. they're not you know like pro i mean the men are mad about it obviously and they're yeah but uh the women like they they love it it's a bestseller um and isn't she like she, she says like it's wild how this happened in like a week yes. <laughs> it's like yeah. a super short it's so amount funny. of time yes. or something yeah yes. it's it's so funny how about in like a new week she has a totally new wardrobe new apartment right. like yeah. has jumped five <laughs> tax brackets this that's the thing yeah. is that it's like while this this film does have like a lot of fluff and funny jokes mm-hmm. like on top of it that still work at like a purely comedy level it's yeah. not so arch and so like winky winky that you have to stop and think about like what every joke is actually saying like right. you can just like you said jordan you can just like kick back relax and enjoy this movie as yeah. a comedy yeah um she tops jfk off the charts yes hot <laughs> <laughs> so- i like she always like also when she talks to catcher block on that like, i forget which time but she's like oh i'm like a best-selling author like what she keeps just referring to herself as a best-selling <laughs> author is so Power it's a, oh, in, the, um, yeah. in the laundry uh the laundromat she keeps being yes. like oh you mm-hmm. haven't heard of me barbara you novak bestseller of down with love <laughs> um so good before we get any further i'll just give you like a super quick send up of what this movie is ostensibly about mm. because a lot of the fun of this movie is that it has two humongous twists um so basically we have barbara novak a sort of like cool women's author who's written down with love a book about how women don't need men for love they only can they only need them for sex if you want to have sex go ahead that's fine but like Mm -hmm. you don't need to fall in love you can replace the feeling of endorphins with chocolate you should you should do this in the voice of the like the opening narrator like the year 1962 the place place. new york city new york city (laughs) <laughs> if you have a dream uh so we have barbara novak on one hand she is feminism incarnate and then we have catcher block a men's magazine writer who is having more sex than the entire population of new york combined um what is that man on how, like, how yeah, is he is he that's okay? just ewan mcgregor baby that's just who he is <laughs> and his name is catcher block his name it's is catcher a sexy block. name it's like one of the sexiest names ever and it's not that's even a true. name i don't know anybody named catcher yeah what it's so good it's i'll name my son catcher i'll name my son catcher i would consider naming a kid zip honestly zip zip Zip. yeah oh god anyway so he catcher block is of course completely uh frustrated with Mm. down with love the book because he's losing all all of his his sexual conquests but i think what's important to note is that they only get into this little sort of like feud in the media without ever meeting each other because it's the Mm -hmm. 60s and we don't have social media um because catcher is late for an interview with barbara novak and cancels a bunch of times not once which is not twice but not thrice is it thrice he misses breakfast he misses oh lunch dinner dinner, breakfast breakfast. yeah it's rule of threes this man because um, he's too busy having too sex busy fucking. <laughs> um and this is why you should always keep your appointments because you never know what could happen i mean That's maybe true. you end up with like a beautiful uh lifelong lover because of it but uh, time management people all right and i think it's the real lesson <laughs> that we can that's all the takeaway from down with yeah. love don't miss your lunches <laughs> don't cancel all of la will crumble for this <laughs> it's true um so that is how they get into this this little tete-a-tete mm-hmm. but with, they've never actually met each other so when catcher block comes across barbara novak in a small laundromat. town laundromat mm-hmm. he pretends to be not catcher block but 
wholesome all-American astronaut, Zip Martin, <laughs> recently back from the fucking moon. Um, yeah, and it's it's really lucky he was on the moon because he missed the one week where mm-hmm. everyone was buying down with love. Mm-hmm. That's so lucky. That's so, so lucky for him. Uh, um, I'm a big fan of the laundromat owner who just keeps calling her Novik. Big fan yeah. of her. Yes. She's rules. She's an icon, kind a legend. Of a queen. Yeah, yes. when she starts yes. working at the end. Mm-hmm. Wait, I just realized... Did this movie come out before we even went to the moon? I mean, not not come out. I mean, it takes oh, place it before set? we went to the moon, right? Yes. Yeah. Do it's a you, great question. What, I just think uh, I was... When, is Martin the first man to when, walk on the moon? This, when you did know we what? land on we the moon? We have to do... We're doing investigative journalism right now. Hold up. <laughs> Hang on. I have to know. <laughs> when did we land on moon? Uh, 1969. Oh, fuck. I really so it's definitely, oh wow. my God, Zip was the first man to walk on the moon. A polite is, and attentive astronaut. Damn. We rewrote. Okay, wow. we need to rewrite all of the history books. <laughs> Donald history Love has rewrote changed. history. Yeah. Maybe he's not back Neil Armstrong who? Space? First man what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, damn. Didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's so funny. That's I own, I'm that's only amazing. just now realizing it, and I've seen it, yeah, like six times. That's, that's so good. really funny. <laughs> damn. Wow. Um, so anyway, then then yeah. <laughs> we, we believe, we the audience believe that yeah. uh, Zip Martin slash Catcher Block is going to basically emotionally seduce Barbara Novak and prove that women actually do just want love and mm-hmm. affection and that her book and she as an extension of it is a sham. Um, and yet. And yet. And yet. What we actually learn at the end and in a, quite frankly, Oscar-worthy monologue. No pushing. That- 100%. Camera on that fucking tripod for like 10 minutes. It is. This This is one of, in my opinion, like one of the most impressive like moments of performance. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Ever. Um, Renee Zellweger delivers a truly iconic, like very long monologue mm-hmm. about who she actually is, who is not Barbara Novak, but mm-hmm. instead is a former jilted secretary of Catcher Block who has returned in this epic quest for revenge to actually get him to fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and her plan ultimately worked and he was being hoodwinked the entire time. But now that like she knows so that he's yeah. definitively in love with her and that she got him she leaves him in the dust so good and then goes to run her own women's magazine but what does she learn oh no catcher was also right she did fall in love with him oh Uh, even though she knew she wasn't supposed to because she knew he was hoodwinking her the whole time no and yet they're just two scammers that can't help but fall in love. It's so hot. That's why they scam. work so well together. Yes. They're both like yeah. manipulative and and very, very smart and very, mm-hmm. very sexy. It mm-hmm. just, it works. It works. And it's yeah. it's also like when I was watching this for the first time, I, I was like worried about how it would end because I'm like, this is so much fun, but like, how are they going to stick this landing? Like how, how is it all going to end up in a way that's like still feminist, but still happy you a know rom-com. yeah, yeah. but still a ro- like a feel-good rom-com it's like yeah. how are they gonna pull this off without sacrificing like it's fun feminist politics and they do it 
Yeah, it's kind of yeah. crazy they do. And it's all about the middle ground, to your point, Jordan, <laughs> even though, to be clear, non-binary is not a middle ground on the scale between male and female <laughs> or yeah. feminist yes. and not feminist. Yes. Yeah. But it does presuppose that there's kind of like a secret third way that you can... A mysterious third gender has yes, appeared. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's um, fiery red hair, hair yes. in an all-white yes. office, which mm-hmm. is pretty aesthetically hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, cause that's always like the question about rom-coms, right? How do mm-hmm. we show if, if the whole premise is that a woman doesn't need love and at the end she finds love, how do we still make this a feminist message? Right. Yes, exactly. And is it anti-feminist to say that women need a man? <laughs> that is the question. And it's really, really hard mm-hmm. to your point, Mia, to stick that landing, especially when you're sticking it in the sort of like arch sixties comedy it has to end with them like eloping to vegas and getting married like it sort of has to end in a big white wedding or some other happily ever after situation and they pull it off by like we said earlier essentially swapping their gender roles yeah. and like saying tearing like, down like the walls that were kind of built around like the binaries yes. around them yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and saying that like you do want the man to come to you and like beg on his knees Hot to work for you because yeah. he's so in love with you and you want the woman oh, to that's say the like fantasy yeah yeah you want the woman to say like actually i do just kind of want to like fuck your brains out and mm-hmm. like that's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing to fall in love because we're falling in love as equals right exactly mm-hmm. mm. smart movie really mm-hmm. really uh, uh knows what it's doing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if all of that wasn't enough first of all robbed for best costume design i don't even know yeah. what one best costume design a this year. sin that let's this find movie, out production design yes, costume design out. score mm-hmm. yeah. soundtrack <laughs> even though it couldn't get nom for soundtrack because it brings normal songs when yeah, judy even garland though, shows even up so- i yeah she just shows up and sings down with love like what is that it's incredible <laughs> the ed sullivan like video though like his like look is a little yeah. haunting it is a little mm-hmm. spooky you wanna yeah. you wanna hear some crazy shit, you guys? Unfortunate, mm. yes. Um, Renee Zellweger won Best Supporting Actress at the 2004 Oscars for none other than Cold Mountain, <gasps> which I knew but had somehow forgotten. Um, but I think that means <laughs> that we can really love. give her mm-hmm. Oscar honorarily. It's even the same year to yeah. Down it's with the Love. Same year. It can be like I know. Is it the indie spirit that sometimes does like this is the or double. is it? the New York critic circle who does like this is yes. we're nominating yes. this person yeah. for like three different performances. Mm-hmm. They did that for Colin Farrell yes. and yes. after Yang and Banshees. Banshees. Yeah. And I think and they, they should have done a triple nom for, for Batman, Batman too. Yes. I think they did yes. It for someone else before. Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> um, but anyway, that like this Oscar is for down with love. It is. Yes. In my yes, opinion. It is. It is. And, and my opinion as well. All of our opinion. Yeah. Yes. But what, so what wins production design? What, which costume? So art direction, which I believe has since been renamed to production design and costume design. Both went to the Lord of the Rings, the return of the King. Ah, okay. Like, Understandable. I get it, I guess sure. it's like, yeah, I get it. Um, but down with love, but I'm sorry. It's sea, prettier. <laughs> sea biscuit being nominated for best costume design is like over down with love, over down Come with love. Oh, that's, a crime what they dressed the horse i don't care (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing um i also can't believe seabiscuit was nominated for best picture that's crazy that's silly that's a weird year it's i mean like it is i guess it's just the year of the lord of the rings yeah because i mean like if you look at the other ones nom do you have lost in translation like obviously good that's not gonna win master and commander great movie not gonna win 
Mystic River, also pretty good movie, but not going to win. And Seabiscuit. And Seabiscuit. Like, it is Seabiscuit. clear that it's the Lord of the Rings. Wow, that's but this is crazy. Like, yeah. This is the year that, like, Johnny Depp gets in for Pirates. Like, I think there was room. Wait, he was nominated for Pirates? He was nominated for yeah. Best Actor for Pirates Okay, if they're being that goofy, then yes. <laughs> they could have they given Down With Love some love. This is also... Homophobia strikes again. This is also another <laughs> classic year when Ben Kingsley is nominated for playing someone who is definitely not his ethnicity <laughs> oh my God. house house of sand and fog um what is this actually about i think he's playing some middle eastern man that's great um awesome. bill murray for lost in translation jude law for cold mountain sexy you guys cold sexy mountain. alert and Charlize theron wins this year for monster for monster oh, okay that's it's awesome great. it like it's a good it's a good year but it would have been better mm. Mm. If there was mm-hmm. room for Down with Love. I think we could if, have made room for yeah. that costume design. Win. I think that Renee and Ewan should have performed the song yes! from the end of the film on the stage. I know it's not an original song, but maybe we matter. can make an exception. Yeah. It's like rules aren't real is what Down with Love taught us. Yes. So, hmm. yeah. I would have honestly given mm-hmm. a supporting to, to both of Paulson and Hyde Pierce, too. Like, they yeah. would have gotten the big four across my board. Big four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I do kind of love a movie like this though, where it's like you have the big four, you can do like lead, lead, supporting, supporting. It's very fun. I love also a double romance. Like we love when the two gay best friends friends end up together. Like that's so romantic. We love to see that. Mm -hmm. Should we talk about Peyton Reed? Just like, have we even mentioned? Yeah, we did mention his name. It is wild that this is like a Peyton Reed joint. It in really modern it is context, insane. yeah. Yes, the Ant Let's, Man guy, yeah. I, the Ant Man guy. I I'm gonna brag really quick. Do um, it. We I, love it. I I did the Ant Man Quantum Mania junket, and nice. um, I <laughs> I wrote up all these questions for Peyton Reed, and I was like. I can't do this interview if I can't ask about Down with Love. Like I, I will be very, very, very upset. And um, I had all my questions. It was about to happen. I was gonna do it. And then they were like, oh, actually, we're going to have somebody read your questions to him um, while you go interview this other person. So I didn't get to talk to him about Down With Love. I was devastated. The Ant-Man no. junket was ruined for me. That but, was so upsetting. But it's okay. It's okay. I am. I have been emailing with his personal assistant, and I'm going to be... Oh, I guess I can announce this. <gasps> I'm... Ah, I'm working on a Down With Love 20th anniversary piece... Let's where I'm go. Gonna talk to Peyton Reed and ask him a billion billion questions. So good. Yes, good. here I'm saying it right now in the pod. Love this. Oh my god, this is so exciting. It should be like a 300 page interview. I hope, right? Like it's for real. Be a no, tome. like I have questions. <laughs> That's incredible. That's so cool. Congratulations. Yes, I absolutely love that. And part of the reason that we wanted to do Down with Love now is because the 20th year. Uh, mm-hmm. Anniversary is coming up in May, mm-hmm. um, I believe, yes. which is yes. when you will May see nine. this this video. Technically, May sixteenth is the wide right is the day that it went wide. Um, but this uh, episode, if you're listening to it oh live God. right now, ooh, <laughs> what it's May fifth or beyond. So yes. this is it's our anniversary episode. Um, that's so exciting. We will be linking Thank that. You. Of the yes. second yes. it hits the press. Um, he, we've covered him before. I always forget he did bring it on. I just went to the filmography yeah. and again was reminded bring that we have talked about Peyton Reed before. It's his directorial debut. Uh-huh. This is a really good one-two That's punch so right impressive. there. Yes. And it's Peyton. Peyton. Peyton, we need you back. Like Peyton, I got a Marvel. You. Come back. From from the Ant-Man and the Wasp cinematic universe. There is something that's like really 
upsetting. I know we're all like, yeah, it's, it happened. It's fine. But like, there's something really upsetting about Peyton Reed having the opportunity to direct 60 set Fantastic Four, yeah. getting booted for Tim Story, then replacing Edgar Wright after Edgar Wright got booted for Ant-Man and then getting booted from Fantastic Four, or I guess more appropriately, getting passed over for Fantastic Four again mm-hmm. in favor of John fucking Watts. Who's now not attached to it, I don't think, anymore. Oh, so Peyton Reed redemption art mm. is why. Peyton Reed redemption <laughs> art. <laughs> A triple <laughs> twist. This piece, this piece I'm going to write will propel him right back into <laughs> the cultural <laughs> the rom-com cultural consciousness. It's true. It's Important. true. It's okay. We're going to save it. All of these movies, <laughs> other than Down With Love, like Bring It On, huge. The Breakup, I that was a pretty goddamn huge movie, or at least I remember mm-hmm. it being mm-hmm. so. And Yes Man also... Pretty big. I remember seeing that movie yeah. twice in the theater. So Oh, I saw Yes Man. Yeah. No, these were all these were all very big at, at the time. Yeah. Um yeah. like not so much now, but I remember those trailers playing constantly. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a it was a completely different era of like though just the film like landscape has completely changed if you just look at his filmography it really is such an interesting bisection of like what happened mm-hmm. where it's just like four like comedy romances and then it's like three, three marvel Ant-Mans. movies yeah. and like even like his tv work where it was like a lot of like mr show weird al show mm-hmm. and then new girl like exists i'm gonna like pull that to like the early 2010s late 2000s like it feels kind of emblematic of that era but yeah. then, like he just has kind of done like I don't know. Uh, the unicorn? Star Wars. He didn't even direct the unicorn. Oh he yeah, just he just he peed it. Yeah, and then he directed some of the Mandalorian, yeah. and so he's he's <sighs> firmly in Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel Land. Which I mean, you know, I hope that get that check. Get that check. Thing that's thing. true. I mean, that, honestly, maybe like post down with love. He needed a little money. <laughs> maybe that's the yeah. Point. <laughs> well, yeah. my my idea is that hopefully, I don't know, man. Maybe you can sneak this into your interview. My I hope is that he's uh, accumulating millions and millions of dollars to self finance down mm. with love too. Mm. Yes. <laughs> what would the title be? Down with, with love, with lo- up with love, up with love. Up with love. Duh, it could duh. be like Catcher and Barbara are like married mm-hmm. happily mm-hmm. in New York, married with children. But something comes up. Of course, something's got to happen. Something's, something's got to happen. Something happens. So it's probably seventy or what would it be? Eighties set. Um, well, it's twenty years 20 later, years, so it'd yeah, be the eighties. So eighties, yeah. Oh, Reagan. Oh, no. Okay, but oh like God. Reagan and David Hyde Pierce and Sarah Paulson are out now. Are finally True. out. Yes. They're out. This but they're good. still in their marriage. Like, they're and they, still married. they're cohabitating. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's yes. now trying to figure out, like, not an amicable divorce, but, like, mm-hmm. if they should continue to, living, to live together because mm. they like each other so That's much. True. Or, like, go pursue their, like true loves mm, love and then this. they end up in a happy like polyamorous like foursome in their yes. like house in the suburbs <laughs> yes it writes itself i'll wow. put also it could <laughs> be a good. take it could be a takedown to to our earlier point about how this is about how gender dynamics mm-hmm. are always evolving and we will never mm-hmm. have a modern idea of what love and sexuality is this could be about 80s feminism like this mm-hmm. could be like working girl yes yes <gasps> yeah we've done it Yes. Oh my God. No, I I will pitch it. Don't worry. We're gonna Great. get it down with love <laughs> too. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. I mean, Renee and you and are still as much in the news as oh, they have yeah. ever been. Uh, he, he is. I don't know what she's she doing. She has an she Oscar. She got that Oscar a couple she, years ago. She got that Oscar and uh, yeeted out of there. She reemerged. Yes, yeah. She got her second Oscar. 
And she was on buses all over Los Angeles for mm-hmm. the thing about Pam. I That's think we true. could sell her. Do you think that when Judy Garland was in this movie, she was like it was a sign. doing method? Yeah, she was prepping <laughs> for Judy like 20 years later. It is kind of crazy that there is a Judy Garland like pivotal plot point. Judy yes. Garland sings yeah. Down With Love on the Ed Sullivan Show. And uh-huh. that is what propuls, mm-hmm. like, you know, launches the book to bestseller status. Also, if Judy Garland's in your movie, it's a little gay already. So like, yeah. duh. Yes. <laughs> of course. Like, how have we not even said that? Yes. I think that the only other thing, well, not the only other thing, but one more like huge, huge thing to note, which does not translate well to us talking mm. on mic, but sure. how fucking funny the sequences in this movie are and yeah. how absolutely like razor sharp and rat-a-tat-tat the yeah. script is. Mm-hmm. It's the screenwriter's only other credit, as far as I could see, was um, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. <laughs> Um, unfortunate and did i tell have we talked about this on mike that that movie has a subplot about l woods's dog being gay yeah i've seen okay. that movie yeah. multiple times yeah that's like a major subplot about that movie yeah i have never seen that movie but it's okay <laughs> so that's okay funny. the movie should, okay. should be better it it should be better than it is yeah, yeah. it's not that terrible sense, yeah. mm, it's not <laughs> terrible i've definitely but if there's seen a gay dog in it that's that's, that's pretty true. funny to me there there that's are true. gay dogs in i don't it. know my cat is gay you guys know that. Same mm. with mine. <laughs> I, the thing Look is, are, how many straight cats are there? That's Zero. the real question. <laughs> Zero. That's the real thing we have to investigate. <laughs> all cats are gay. You heard it here. All first. cats You've are gay. Seen, we've all seen Cats 2019. Cats are clearly yeah. not straight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, had to bring up Cats I'm sorry. 2019. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. This, I, I think that we will not do the movie justice if we're like, oh, and you remember that line? And oh, then you remember that line? But I think, like, the sequencing is yeah. incredible. The opening saying Cinemascope, it's already good. That's mm-hmm, a great sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, it's By very like, title. catchy and smart. I mean, the opening credits themselves are fucking gorgeous. Oh, it's so nice. Yes. Back mm-hmm. when we respected the opening credits mm-hmm. and would do little songs and animations for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very catch me if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. catcher me if you can. Catcher. <laughs> does it but i mean it again it's like these like i feel like um what is it charade mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, a bunch of these other kind of like fun poppy, yeah. poppy 60s movies have yeah. these like beautiful pop art opening sequences it's wonderful uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, sock measuring slash dick <laughs> measuring yes. scene which uses uh, the classic 60s idea of a buzzer that connects your secretary to you and your office to listen in on a conversation um are they talking about sock lengths are they talking about dick sizes we'll never know 32 inches of confidence is the scariest line i've ever heard yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i have two of them um i think the i think the crown jewel feel free to disagree with me but i think the crown jewel of this film's comedy is uh the quote-unquote pillow talk sequence which Mm is a homage to mm-hmm. OG Pillow Talk, but it is, like we said, the Austin Powers-esque, even though yeah. this movie did it first? It did, did it, it not? Yeah. 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 Wait, No, no I don't... Austin Powers, gonna... I think the first is in 1990... Yeah, I think... Nine? Damn. Right? Yeah, 1997, Seven, 1999. Nine, Damn, yeah. Okay, so, Unfortunately, this film did not do it first, but also, isn't there a little bit of this in Pillow Talk? I don't remember but that's this, that's like, what's considered the homage sure yeah yes. yeah no austin powers is doing it more and just like oh look it's i don't know that one's like so egregious this one i feel like is so good because it's like the split screen in the way it wishes like yes. the 
the frame is constantly like shifting and moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine what it was like to actually shoot a an oh entire God, split screen sequence with that type of blocking and also camera moves. Because like mm-hmm. you said, the camera does not stay static at times. It like when the split screen goes from like horizontal to vertical, uh-huh. like the camera is mm-hmm. turning on its head, and they yeah. have to keep up a whole conversation. Yeah. Um, during it, and it's the thing is there is something sort of elegant about the sex business yeah. in it the on the phone not talking about sex but performing what might be construed as sexual right. acts yes but it's there's a yeah charm. it's tasteful it's very tastefully tasteful. done yes. whereas yeah the austin powers is more of like a crass joke yeah whereas this one it's like yeah sec- elegant and sexy yes <laughs> and also you know kudos to something that i'm sure austin powers has never done in that uh the scene ends with catcher asking will you come yes. and uh barbara <sighs> saying yes i will or whatever mm-hmm. she says mm-hmm. yes. yeah oh my god and um, then they're smoke they both smoke after and then they both light a cigarette <laughs> yes it's so wonderful like it is a truly like masterful sequence yeah. the smoke work in this movie is really just stunning yeah. yes like constantly everyone's puffing everything is moving smoke coming from places it's a quite it's a very lively movie the camera mm-hmm. if it's not moving yes. is always like so intentional Taking and the way that these scenes just flow mm-hmm. the editing in this movie mm. it's stunning like there is never a second of dead air but there's it's the just, darndest thing. It yeah. really feels like it's a it's a ninety minute like dance. Yes, it's, it's every single it. sequence has this just like elegance and choreography and blocking to it. I think it's the choreography of the movement. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier about like co- like off mic about the costumes and the looks. But like when Sarah Paul uh, Paulson and Renee enter and they are wearing like the opposite outfits and they both take them <sighs> off at the same time. They change, like, everything is so well choreographed. Like, their head movements, the way that they walk, their shoulders, like, everything just moves and flows so well. Like, you know they rehearse that a ton, but it just feels so cohesive within the film itself. Yes. Plus, that might also be the best look yeah. of the movie when they both take off yes, the, the yellow and, the yellow and black. like, plaid. Yeah. Mm, what is wonderful. the best look? Do you have a favorite costume? <laughs> This is so hard. During the during the montage of um when he when Catcher is Zip, Zip and uh Barbara are on the town and he's in that silly red turtleneck and the black mm. pants and he's like doing the mashed potato and dancing. That's my favorite <laughs> zip look. Um look. but yeah, share share your favorite Barbara look if that's what Yes, <laughs> I think both looks. I think my favorite Barbara look is her beautiful fluffy robe and heels that she wears in her like a gorgeous mm. space age 60s apartment mm-hmm. um it looks very difficult i would not want to be walking on that much slippery white marble in a pair of fluffy stilettos but i am such a sucker for i believe the modern term is like my husband has mysteriously disappeared robe i don't know what to call it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sexy grieving yeah. widow but um barbara's is pink and fluffy and i love That's it it's just nothing moves like a nice billowy robe i agree mm. mm-hmm. i love I it especially in that apartment like that is yes. one of my most favorite apartments in all of cinema history it's so yes. gorgeous yeah. i don't know how she affords it uh, she's a best-selling she's author. She's a best-selling author. I, that's true. But doesn't she walk into there like before she's a best-selling author? Like, yes. Doesn't she yeah. like get to town and like they're like, and this is your apartment? Yeah, and they like get it for her. Yeah, need it's that. So, yes, yeah, I'd like that to happen. New York was different then. It was easy to get that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, they didn't know how great. good uh, we had it. 
I yeah. think that like the apartment. I think what works in the movie too is the rear projection is like as like such a sucker of rear projection mm. yeah, and Jordan that paintings. Pro- like projection. it's so well done, but because it's like the thing where it's like you know it's being rear projected, you know it's a matte painting, but it's playing into the obviously like the camp element of it, so it just feels cohesive to the world. Like I even love when they cut from like Catcher and Barbara going to go on a date, but and it's just like a. 1962 shot from like they probably like comp- like got from like a different movie or like just normal photography and put it in there and then they're doing something else like it's just the way in which they like weave in 1961 New York is so fun yes yeah yeah God, it's so good um and it just it's so it's so great on every level I mean I really can't say enough good things I was thinking about her looks so I think one look is that the yellow like i really am obsessed with the yellow i love like their big buckety the giant hats that they have Mm, yeah mm -hmm. but her like bathing suit vibe is so good like this is during the pillow talk yeah like i want to have like i want like her i guess all of her pink is something that i would like to have just like pastels mm. everywhere. You like look it's excellent pink pastel. In pink, and there's Pink's a lot my of favorite color. really good pink in this it movie. Is. It's like, a like big you, pink movie. Like you said, Mia, the color pink I think like weirdly turns viewers off a lot yeah. of the time, but it works mm-hmm. so perfectly for this movie. And yeah. like the the now offices at the very end when they are just like yeah. all white and all these like very cool mm-hmm. women, like we said, the the woman from the dry cleaners yeah. is working there. Little Rachel Vic. Dratch is there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's so fun. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I have no idea how they got away with this. I mean, I guess if you made Bring It On, you would be allowed to make whatever you wanted, as as you should. But it's just like a crazy movie. It it costs $35 million, which I think is very respectable. Totally. Um, yeah. For Especially for them. how impressive the sets are and how many costumes there are and And the stars like that is pretty cheap for a movie of this scale yeah yeah totally it's smart how it uses new york though like you have catcher's crazy sex pad you have barbara's (laughs) like we said her beautiful apartment then you have the offices and that's about it you have like one walk on the back lot yeah It, it, yeah it uses the constraints of an old movie to save money and also aesthetically make sense. Yeah. Smart. It's smart good. I love mm-hmm. the, even like the elevator scene with all the people like rushing in and out of the elevator. Mm-hmm. Like the new, when they go to a Yankees game, when catchers there with like one of his, <laughs> one of his flings, his, like other women. And it just is like Yankees on the back. And they're like seeing a baseball game and it cuts to just old Yankees footage is so yes. funny. Yes. It's great. It's so smart. I, I think that I've never seen a movie quite like this. No it just i'll never i'll never forget it this movie will always be so unique yes i just was scrolling through notes just for last things the montage of the two of them where they're like the dancing that you were talking about where he is like mashed potatoing i like the there's nothing also better in a movie when you have like a bunch of fading signs coming in and out or like the projected backdrops where they're like seeing this show going to this place in new york like that is God, it just like tickles a certain part of your brain that makes you so happy. It's one of my favorite tropes. I love those little montages. Yeah, yeah. so fun. Yes. <laughs> Are there any important sequences, Mia, that we didn't touch on? I think we touched on everything. Like we got the monologue. We got the pillow mm, talk monologue. scene. We got the ending. The I think we did it. I think mm-hmm. we did it. 
I think we can go into the guessing game. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we go into the guessing game, Mia had teased this up pre pre roll, and I we definitely want to talk about it. First of all, I will deliver the depressing news that this movie opened number four at the box office, only making seven million dollars in its opening weekend. Rough. It was uh, apparently released as counter programming against the Matrix Reloaded, which did not. Mm work that's because two i always write uh that is the second matrix that's a bad idea because crime against humanity daddy daycare came in number two and x2 no. x-men united came in number three and then down with love at number four lizzie mcguire beating, beating the lizzie mcguire movie though wow that's a great film <laughs> yeah like Talk about going to rome technically yeah. this movie was cost 35 and it made about 35 so it Okay. Quote, broke well, even, but that actually means it lost money. Yeah. Yes. Because it lost it, all the PNA. <laughs> yes. That's okay. We're going to earn it back with up with love. That's yes, true. So, yes. Yeah. I was looking okay. up because I do love that early 2000s merch. Like there's nothing hotter <laughs> than that. And so I was trying to see if there was any down with love merch that I could purchase for my home or self. And there's <laughs> nothing. And the only thing I did find was a down with love shirt that just says like down with love, like one of the release shirts but it was like 75 dollars, and it was an extra extra large and i just don't think i could like willingly spend that we need on it we need to get some of our people on this yeah we need to uh, yeah. create bully super yaki yeah. into doing it down with love, yeah. collection? love collection um, oh my god they would do it i have i, I just want to share i have one down with love thing yes yes i have the novelization of down what? With they made it into a book it says it's by Barbara Novak. Oh, that's <laughs> so, cool wait, shit. question. Is it about Barbara and Catch's story or is it like, this is how you don't need med? Or is it, ju- is it just like the, the movie, but in novel form? Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I'm looking at this now. I hadn't read this. I bought it like so cheap when I worked at an indie bookstore. They just like got it. I think it was like three bucks. Um, and it says that it includes scandalous passages from the book that started it all. An excerpt from the latest issue of Now. Oh my God. It features Catcher's unpredictable expose on the mystifying oh. Miss Novak. Um, so I guess it's like a, it's a, oh my God, it's a combination. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this live now. <laughs> it alternates chapters. So it's like a Barbara chapter and then oh. a Catcher chapter. Catcher. So it's like Go. a novelization plus like essays plus like pictures. Oh, this is beautiful. Wow. Wow. I can't believe I never looked through this until this moment. Um, wow. I've seen the face of God, and it is this uh, book. On, this, on the <laughs> set of Downward Love. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. The so, movie as uh, featured in Now magazine. It's very cheap from the store, is what I learned. But it's we rare. Now I feel know. like it's, I don't it's know. rare. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure gonna, that's probably on. We could probably buy that. Let's see. I'm going to look it up. Down yeah. with Love. I'm gonna can I guess, I'm gonna guess before you could probably buy that for like nine ninety nine online with shipping and handling. Okay, it looks like I can buy it for six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> okay, we'll be purchasing that. Thank you for yeah, this. You guys yeah, you should get this. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. I'm fully. It includes, I'm fully gonna buy it. Yeah, that. includes confessions from the man who stole this feminist icon's heart. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love this. I'm going to be reading this right after. And the it man's was, man, man it about was town. written. It's by Barbara Novak, but it was actually written by mm-hmm. one of the screenwriters of the film, which yes. I think is good. very cool. Good. Yeah. Oh it my god. It says that in small in small letters under yes. under Barbara Novak. <laughs> yes. I think more I love though when like movies when they have like the soundtracks or whatever it's like by the person or the yeah. band, you know, and not the actual <laughs> talent doing it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Thank you so much for course, sharing. Yes. Of course. Of um, course. So we'll contribute actually... another $4 to this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> bringing it back. Yeah. One small step for man. Um, All right. One catcher small step block. for catcher block. Yes, as for the catcher block, who was to, the first. Yeah. yeah. Catcher block walked Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mia, we're actually going to throw it back to you before <gasps> we play um, the letterboxed game. Because I would like to hear from you about maybe how this movie has evolved over time. Um, you said you had some stats that you wanted to share. I do have some stats. Um, the only thing is, I, I fear it will give away. The, okay. Oh, you know. so we should guess first. Let's guess pre. Okay. Yeah, guess, I feel so. like I think you should guess first, and then I'll I'll reveal all. Okay. Right. So, so let's let's guess the current letterbox. The current letterboxed. Okay. The current average letterbox rating of Down with Love. Jordan. Five on the dot. No. Um It should be. It should be. <laughs> three nine. Three nine. Mia, do you already know or would you care? I do to know. You do already know. Okay. It is a three I knew f- I do know. It is a three five. Oh. Not bad. It could yeah, be worse. It's not bad. It that's, was worse. That's gross. So it was worse. So okay. So it was worse. When mm-hmm. when did Letterbox first? When are we in this? What's the year? The first data we're we're guessing here. So the first, the very first data, and this is from a very very small sample. Also, sure. like, so it it started in 2013, but okay. it was like very very small. So it's okay. Yeah. So the very first rating, if you want to guess what that is, from a very small group of people who were probably you know men. Right. <laughs> yes. So it was a three. It's a three five now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two eight. Yeah, it was a two point nine. Oh, when Letterboxd okay. first started. I'll take mm-hmm. that. I'll take that and run. That's yeah. So that wild. was great. It's wild. And when I when I discovered it in like 2016 was when I watched it for the first time. Um, it was at a 3.0. Mm. So I went into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be fine. Like whatever. And then it was a masterpiece. So it's been really fun to watch it climb steadily over the years because now we're up to 3.5. Yeah. And um, we call these types of films high risers. So like other examples are um, Mamma Mia. That one mm. was at a 2.9 when it first came out on Letterboxd. And now it's like at a 3.8. Holy um, shit. Yeah, it that one like really, really flew flew upwards. And then there's, you know, there's like Jennifer's Body, Marie Antoinette, Josie and the Pussycats is also a big one. So it's it's like films, you know, that are for women and mm-hmm. the LGBT community. Um as, you know, as more of us join the app and become movie lovers, um, that reflects in the ratings. And we kind of get to rewrite the the cultural conversation for these films that maybe didn't have um, that critical critical acclaim when they first came out because they were being reviewed by a bunch of straight white guys who didn't understand the campiness and fun of the films. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. That I love. Yeah, that's that. really. Inc- I mean, that we. I feel like we joke a lot about like, oh, we'll get that up, but it is like actually cool to hear that there is like actual. Change. No, like we do get them yeah. up. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. 
yeah and there's there's always i mean that's sort of like the beauty of the podcast is Mm -hmm. that there are plenty of films like down with love that were released wide that like had as much of a sample audience as anything Mm -hmm. else who like really have been underseen and underserved and are now making their way up the ranks. jennifer's body and josie and the pussycats are two uh other past Mm -hmm. and (laughs) future films that we will be covering that like really Mm -hmm. have the same exact uh, thing rise yeah. yeah it is the it is what we're talking about it's like if it appeals to the lgbtqs or women the girls are a little the gays like, and the theys <laughs> yeah yeah um that's a high riser aka the girls the mm-hmm. gays and talk the about gays. up with love um yeah yeah <laughs> That's great, though. And I mean, that's how you see, I'm sure, how you guys see, like, changes in, like, the top 100 highest rated films mm-hmm. on Letterboxd mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, it's such a dynamic, it's such so much more of a dynamic list than, like, the IMDb top 100 oh, or gosh, something yeah. like that. Shawshank <laughs> is never coming out of that number one spot. Well, that's why, that's why we, like, we like to do, like, the Letterboxd guessing game yeah. and stuff like that is that Letterboxd to us is, like, the sample size of, like, our people, of the people who are yeah. watching movies right now and, like, discovering and making decisions yeah. about these these types of films like of the moment for sure um yeah I, so, has there been like great. a movie like down with love that has been released since down with love i just think this movie is so unique yeah i, like, I yeah like, any other nothing that comes homages to, to <laughs> sex comedies to of specifically this. 1960s rock hudson doors day vehicles it's <laughs> it's like so specific i mean I'm always wishing that there would be a resurgence of like these kind of screwball-y type films. I feel like the only other yeah. one that kind of, and this one came out way, way, way before Down with Love and is a great film. But What's Up, Doc, is kind of a is kind of movie. similar. It's a it's yeah. a perfect film. That is like one of the yeah. best films ever made. Yeah, there, that one was parodying not parodying because there was a lot of respect, you know, but still kind of parodying the 30s and 40s screwballs. Um, right. So this is kind of doing a, a similar thing, and I wish we would do more do more of these types of things because screwball comedies, screwball romantic comedies, all of those are just so 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 fun and engaging. I miss them very much, and I hope they have I the best dialogue. Everything about yeah. screwball comedies is so, and they they are timely, and they're tackling like potent themes through like a mm-hmm. fun lens. And it's like talking about sociological issues, like whether it be like class or gender, sexuality, yeah. etc. Like it all is so yes. potent at that time. A very random movie that this reminds me of is but i'm a cheerleader mm, um yeah. oh, i love that one obviously like different um the colors yes yeah. not just mm-hmm. the colors oh, the but colors. kind of like yes. the takedown of gender and yeah. sexuality that movie is a bit more serious than i feel like people remember mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. yeah like it's i feel like it does have that same sort of like it's arch it's it's camp in a way it's, it's a all call. about gender and sexuality but yeah this is like what i think is so as we've said so special about down with love is that stripping all that away it's still like a god tier commercial rom-com and i think Mm -hmm. that it could have done commercial rom-com numbers if people weren't fucking stupid but that's okay (laughs) um we're here now and it's all good and luckily that's what Mm -hmm. we're here for it's true it makes me worry about Barbie. We were talking about all this pink. Oh, Barbie's going to be fine. Barbie's going to be fine. Barbie is going to be fine. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Maybe Barbie that's our new okay. down with love is Barbie. That's, I mean, the trailer alone is given a little down with love when they're beating mm-hmm. each other it off. Is. Yes. I saw. Yeah. <laughs> that um, is very down with love. It right. is. I'm going to beat you off so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm going to beat both of you off at the same time. Like, I, I really do. That I is think so that's down- a oh good God. call. I think that's a good call. Um, 
this uh, critic who I really like, Bobby, she hosts the afternoon special. I actually don't know her last name, but she um, was talking about Barbie and what she thinks that movie is going to be about. And her prediction is that it's about like the sort of knowledge as Margot Robbie as a Barbie doll coming into the real world of like how sexualized women are mm. and like not understanding that she essentially like has a sexual body in this kind of like very fun campy way but like we it's saw in the this is kind of kind of very we're we're looking at a lot of different stuff here but like we saw in the behind the scenes photos that like uh super quick shot of the guy like smacking her ass and True, then like her yeah. turning around and punching him yes, in the face I, yes and stuff like that so i'm wondering if it is sort of has this much more on its mind than like oh my god like what the real world oh, i yeah. mean obviously it's a greta gerwig film like i right. my expectations are through the yes. roof but this idea that like just because you have quote unquote a women's body doesn't mean that you like inherently understand mm. that you have to be sexualized. Um, and that could be interesting if it's the same kind of like super arch campy comedy that's commercial, but also has like a ton to say at the same time. And do you think Ryan Gosling's Ken journey is to become not just Ken, but something more than just Ken? Yes. I would, I, I would say based on the marketing. <laughs> Ken. He has his rollerblades. I love Ken. Yeah. Um, yes. Ken writes. Hell yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Where is this Landon Brook on the, on the QQ for you? So on the QQ um, scale of one to five, how queer do we think this film is? I'm going to give it a hot four stars. Interesting. I'm going to okay. give it a hot four star. What? Do you think that's high or low? No. I'm just, oh, I'm just saying. Just, interesting. just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say three and a half and then Ooh. I was like, this is, it's so fun. But Obviously, I don't think it's like the clearest film that we've sure, ever sure. covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel you silently judging me. I'm going to give this a solid four stars <laughs> because I think it's very campy and very mm -hmm. fun and has a lot of wonderful queer context hovering under the surface. But Jordan looks like he's going to murder four, me. Four, five. Okay. Close enough. No, when you first said <laughs> three, I was like, oh, no. No, it's no, gonna no. It's going to be a bloodbath solid in here. Solid four stars. I'm gonna, you I say think four, just four five. five. I just think it's just the subtextual nature of it I think fuels it more like I think if I saw this in the theater in 2003 which I did not so I'm sorry Peyton Reed it would not have given it that but I think like going back to it what we talked about I think just everything dealing with like Paulson mm -hmm. you know that whole like sub dynamic and then as we've been talking about sort of like the, the dom, back and forth. the yeah. fun dom sub gender dynamic is it very just always works to me. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. and I think it's great it's all about switching positions exactly. and if you'd be comfortable with a woman would you be comfortable under a woman? Right. And I mean, Ewan McGregor is. He is. And, so, and we love yeah. him. That's, that's the ultimate thesis of the movie. So I'm just going to go four or five, a little above you. Four and um, a half. Solid but four we're, and we're half. holding hands. We're close. Okay. We're close. We're Mia, telling the line. What would you rate this film on the QQ scale? I am also at a four. Um, yeah. For, I mean, Valid. you've already said all of, all of my reasons where it's like on the surface like it doesn't look like it would necessarily be a queer film because it's you know it's like about a man and a woman falling in love um but yeah when you when you really like the subtext is is there especially yeah. as you said with the david hyde pearson sarah paulson characters like if they weren't in the film i think it would be lower on the q scale for, sure. for me but they they really bump it up um, especially yeah. like as as we discussed their explicit discussion of her being like you're gay so what right. that's just, that's an amazing subplot um, that they didn't have to put in there and it's I think it's very cool that they put it in there because again 2003 2004 ish yeah. like that was a very 
strange time in America, mm-hmm. post like right after 9-11, things got very conservative, very, um, like there was an anti-feminist movement, you know, like it was mm-hmm. just, things were not good. Um, so I think with that context too, it, it heightens the Q scale even, even more yeah. because it's, it's almost like brave what they were doing. Um, I mean, this stuff should be normal, but it wasn't at the time. Especially, yeah. No, especially um, for 2003. Yeah. I mean, like people mm-hmm. talking about, uh, queerness and like what you would maybe hear in school or things that, like of that nature in 2003, I would say we're not probably the most progressive and how people were yeah. treating queer people. Yeah, perhaps. So, exactly. Yeah. you know, I think to, and cause there, it's no judgment in the movie too. Like that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like that you talk about it. He could be, he could not be. doesn't matter. Sarah Paulson's just like, you're this whatever i respect you as a person and right. i would like to get mm-hmm. married to and you isn't like would it be that. crazy as like a queer person if you were like respected that's you know, are like you kidding general. me that's like, like imagine. A, <laughs> i'm i'm dying to make a lavender marriage rom-com rom-com is very much not yeah. my writing genre but i love the idea of it being like something kind of like this like this like super arch mm-hmm. like we're in love but we have these two queer like actual romantic subplots going at the same time love um that. i'm sure that every studio in hollywood will give me 50 million dollars mm. to make my period <laughs> lavender mm-hmm. marriage rom-com, i think so um with nothing but a vague idea but i I really do I really do think that that's kind of like the that was the dream in those days is like just someone who mutually will respect me yeah 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 um and to today as well don't you want someone to respect you want to be mutually respected we all want someone who will come into our office eat a candy bar and look seductively in our eyes oh his oh. blue eyes too, oh. like dreamy. the twinkle he's in his eyes. So, oh. He's so dreamy in this movie. Every single promotional image of Ewan McGregor where he's doing his like, I'm a player. Yeah. Smirk. Oh my God. Yeah, right here. <laughs> yes. I know the people listening can't see, but I am holding the book cover Look of him, him smirking. Yeah. Like, I usually hate a player, but I respect this player. I respect and yeah, his game. for real. <laughs> oh God, he's just so good looking it's so frustrating and for the record renee zellweger is absolutely oh, adorable yes, she is in this as well. movie yes and wears some 60s mod pieces like nobody's business 100 all that to say if you haven't seen down with love and this episode didn't convince you i don't know how to help you um <laughs> you need to see this fucking movie yeah. yes it's amazing it's a masterpiece it's truly yes. like every time i in that same sarah paulson interview that we were talking about written by jackson McHenry, past guest of the show he was uh sarah paulson said that like whenever someone approaches me and says like oh i love down with love she knows that she's immediately gonna get along with them mm. because like that <gasps> is just taste if that's like what they want to bring a up real to her indicator first. and i kind of feel the same about when i meet people i have a co-worker who this is one of her favorite movies and i first time i went over to her house there mm. were down with love like screenplay pages Yo. on the wall and i was like <gasps> down with love and she's like oh it's like my favorite movie ever and Wait. i was like oh my god where did she get those? I don't know that they were like original screenplay pages. Okay. They were like printouts of the screenplay, which I would okay. imagine you could find online. Well, I was trying to fucking search because you couldn't I, find it. Do you know what I was going to spoiler alert? How I was going to open the episode previously was do her entire monologue. Just like the <laughs> like 10 minute one and just sprinkle in some like whatever things there. But I did not do because really I knew you would have killed glad me. glad that you didn't um, do that. That doesn't sound like something I would no, have enjoyed. No, you would hate it because um, it also is like five minutes. <laughs> it's really long. Um, <laughs> it's 
it's so I was, long. I, I was trying to find the script to read it, and I couldn't like find okay. the actual like well, it was like transcripts, but not like script scripts. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will ask my my friend at all. I'll get back to you. Hot. Yeah, Hot. I got you. Um, watch Down with Love. That's get down. Come on, and Mia. I mean, thank you. For, an honor, a privilege. Thank you for choosing. It was an honor to cover this film with us uh we are so truly honored to have your expertise and your love for this movie and you i would have never known that there was a novelization so no. i think that alone is it's worth the price of admission yeah exactly yes the novelization and the film the pillow book directed and by peter greenaway <laughs> yes two very different things different tonally yes. i'm gonna look two that. different vibes i'm gonna look that up it's okay <laughs> we educated everyone on ewan mcgregor and renee zellweger's filmographies it was a great it's time true. yes you're so wonderful we're both very big fans of yours um what are you up to right now what are you doing what's on the horizon Uh, well first off thank you very very much for having me on to talk about this film i love it so much and hopefully we'll get more people to join the down with love army yes we're very strong the down with love army (laughs) um but what am i working on it's 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 just letterbox stuff so if you follow letterboxd on instagram and Twitter and um, you know we're also posting to YouTube Um, I've been doing a lot of really 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 fun interviews like I get to ask the four faves questions to Mm -hmm. a host of filmmakers and actors which is an absolute dream job so yeah just keep up with those interviews and then also people don't I shouldn't say people don't realize this, but some people don't realize that there is a journal tab on Letterboxd as well in the far right corner. And that's where all of our editorial pieces go. So we've been we've been running a lot of a lot of really, really interesting interviews with filmmakers who have new films and old films as well. Like we we spoke with um, Greg Araki and um, uh, I can't think of anybody else right now, but that's um, that's the work that that I'm doing. I, I edit those pieces, and it nice. is again, it's a dream job. So, oh, yeah. it's awesome! It's wonderful. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do, especially when we're sort of like investigating a movie for the podcast, is to look at like the Letterboxd Journal entries that accompany it like uh midnight cowboy was a recent one where Mm -hmm. i was able to like go and like read they're so insightful they're so interesting and more often than not i will scroll down i'll be like do people really think this movie is gay and then the first letterbox journal was like the homoerotic subtext of like (laughs) x x and x and i'm like great (laughs) we're good yes yes no exactly that's another reason why it's such a dream job is that like we actually you know we actually have lgbtq people on the staff like we have a diverse staff and so we, we really are committed to kind of showing these perspectives especially because throughout film history they have been stifled um so yeah it's it's just been very fulfilling to be able to give these films um kind of the more of a platform that they that they deserve for for more and more people love that love it unfortunately because <laughs> we were just talking about different letterbox things i we have like a tab just to see like how popular things are that we cover this one is not near the top i'll so just say down that down with love is in our what like it's in the bottom uh, bottom 16, 16. Yep. bottom 16 films <gasps> in terms of popularity just, just popularity yeah, yeah, that yeah, we've yeah. ever covered but i would say jo- so josie and the pussycats yep. which is a movie also down there so spoiler alert we're covering in a couple weeks um is also down there um and the, like the bottom four are pretty rough it's stick it perfect movie in and out brady <gasps> bunch perfect and movie. then of oh, course yeah. the eagle that the will eagle, never leave the last movie spot that doesn't exist nope. but it it does exist actually in our hearts um anyway that's all to be said everyone should check out 
all of Mia's work at Letterboxd and across the internet. We are also on the internet. Unfortunately. Um, for better or for worse, mostly on Twitter. I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And together we're Queer Quadrant. And the same goes for Instagram and Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us at all of those places. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, on Apple, wherever else no you care mag, to get your podcast. No mag. No. Now. We wouldn't want the readers of No to know that now. <laughs> we would, would we? We would not one bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> drop us a rate. Five chocolate bars only. Drop us a subscribe. You know you would do it to No or Now or both. Um, and... <laughs> you can also tweet at us tell us about your love for this movie Mm -hmm. um and maybe what else you would like to see us cover in the future and brooke what are we vroom vrooming into the future next week listen no one should ever say this is not a versatile podcast because are we verse in two weeks (laughs) we are covering new new release yeah fast x bang bang Q Fast Q Furious yes. continues. Q Fast Q Furious, our epic you summer thought it was series. Done. You really thought it was over. Um, our, no, baby. Our, you, you look so excited right now. <laughs> our epic summer series from last summer returns. Uh, the two of us are going to talk Fast X on the night of its release. This mm. is going to be a immediate post-release Thursday night, like straight out of Universal City Walk yeah. to <laughs> table. Yep. Yeah. So um, look forward to that on uh, May 19th. Cannot wait. And Brooke, is there anything you would like to leave the readers of No or Now to know? Now? Now? <laughs> Join the Down with Love Army. You Ooh. won't regret it. Join the Down with Love Army. Green light. Our sequel, Up with Love. Up with Love Thank in you. theaters, 2025. Yeah. <laughs>